How do cats always land on their feet? Why are babies so good at learning languages? What do they know that we don't? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Yo! Welcome back to This Paranormal Life, the comedy podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, case, or claim and get to the bottom of whether uh, it's real or not, really. Uh, We're two paranormal investigators um, at the peak of the career uh, and on the edge, the precipice. My name's Kit. This guy's Rory. How are you doing today, Rory? Irrelevant. That's not why we're here. We're here to investigate the paranormal. I guess so. It's just a little courtesy, common courtesy. But uh, uh, you having a good week at least? Irrelevant. My really? time on this earth is meaningless unless it involves investigating the paranormal. I mean, you were just... I'm pretty sure you just spent the last three days. I wanted a podcast for the last three days. And you were like, I think in Ibiza. Irrelevant. With your boys. Irrelevant where I was and what I was doing with my boys. You said that your life is meaningless without investigating. So I don't know what you're up to for the last three days. Well, sure. Sometimes investigators got to take a little time off. You go crazy investigating these monsters for so long. So me and the boys blew off a little steam in Ibiza for a fortnight. It looks like more than a little steam. I mean, you got arrested, it seems like. Sure, some of that steam blew up a cop's ass and he freaked out. All right. But that's just how that's just hap- that just happens sometimes. Okay. I'm, I'm feeling. I- I'm getting a cagey atmosphere here, so I'm going to move on. Listen, folks, uh, no time to dilly-dally around. We got another brand new paranormal investigation for us here today. This one comes by popular demand. We've been getting emails uh, about this for a couple of years. Um, I pretty much just deleted them on site up until this week. Uh, But thank you to Beth Marcus, Stephanie White, Elle Hanrahan, Andrew Steen, Richard Morris, Liam L, and more, who all emailed in saying... This is a crazy case. You need to get to the bottom of it. And so here it is. A couple years late, but here we are. Wow. Our story today takes us to Suffolk in England, less than 100 miles from our very location. Really? Which is too close. We talk a lot about going on site, you know, going to see things, hand-to-hand combat style investigations. Right, right, right. Get your hands dirty. I'll be honest, there's a reason we're sat here behind microphones. I don't usually like getting within the 100-mile radius, or the danger zone, as I like to call it. That's true. It's it's easier to investigate things, these things from a distance. A lot easier. I prefer reading about it 50 years after the fact mm-hmm. on Reddit. But our story today is in 12th century Suffolk. So whenever we think of medieval England in general, it's not a pretty sight. I usually think of a peasant life, a tough dirty life where life is short and hard and every day is tax day which actually makes it a lot like this paranormal life commune in well some you know ways. don't don't paint don't paint it in a bad light there's there's you know it, it, uh, the the commune the this paranormal life commune also is quite regal um you know there's knights there's kings us uh there's, there's a chivalric code that's there, right. <laughs> there's the tax day uh, opening and closing ceremonies those are always fun but every day is tax day. <laughs> of course. We can't Every deny. morning starts with the opening ceremony where we knock on your door, parading through the town and uh, ask for money. And although there is a, a regal high society, let's be real, 99% of uh, the commune are peasant class, peasant tier. It's true. Some similarities with medieval England. But through researching this story, I've learned that apparently this really wasn't the case, especially in the Suffolk area. 
Apparently, it was borderline peaches and cream down there, which definitely aren't available in the, this Paranormal Life commune. Due to Suffolk's proximity to the coast for fishing and being near London for trading, and there also weren't really any uh, aristocrats uh, laying down the law real hard on you, Right. apparently this place was the goddamn Silicon Valley of medieval Britain. Wow. You know, we're talking uh, wagon ride-sharing startups. We've got grain delivery services. Maybe some kind of dating apps. You don't marry your cousin. Medieval shit. But people were starting businesses. It was very kind of rich area, apparently. Yeah. Times were good and the ale was cold. It's around the year 1100 in Woolpit. The name Woolpit actually comes from the old English Wolfpit. Okay. Listen, I know I said it was all peaches and cream in this area. Well, yeah. this, this town was named after what they had to do to survive here. Dig giant holes in the ground, fill them with spikes, and then cover it up so that wolves would get trapped and killed in That's them. not peaches and cream. Yeah, it's not, That's not is pe- it? You said this was the Silicon Valley of medieval England. Well, in lots of ways. But if you imagine Silicon Valley had a pretty tremendous wolf, wolf problem. <laughs> right. I know they say Silicon Valley has, like, a homeless problem or something. Yeah. Replace the homeless people with wolves. Murderous wolves. Woolpit wasn't very luxurious. I think it was the other bits that were were luxurious and rich. So Woolpit's bad and it's filled with wolves. Yeah, I don't know why you'd settle there. It sounds like the town was originally called Wolfpit, by the way. And they changed it. Oh, it was. (laughs) Woolpit comes from the old English phrase, Wolfpit. And it was next to these very wolf pits that two men were working in their fields at harvest time using scythes to reap the harvest of grains. Just honest work. Honest medieval work. Creepy honest work right next to the wolf pits. And they're cutting through these fields when they see some movement in the tall grass. They think, am I imagining that? Then it moves again. There is definitely something in there. Most people would be terrified in case there's a person in there, maybe an attacker, but whenever you're a wool pit farmer, you're worried that there's a gaggle of wolves. They've escaped the pit and they're back with a vengeance. And if they survive the pit, they're definitely the most uh, horrific Frankenstein, <laughs> like T-1000 level wolves. Right, you chop its head off, it melts down into a puddle and comes back full strong. That's right. Either that or so many wolves have fallen into the pits that the pits are kind of full of wolves and the the remaining survivor wolves can kind of just, I don't know, wolf over them. They've become a miniature wolf city. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're educating. But it wasn't a wolf. It was a child. A little girl staring at them. Please, sir, can I have some wee big on wolves? <laughs> Off of their head. Damn it, Trevor, that's the third child this week you've cop- chopped in half. His granddad walks in. <laughs> Nay, Trevor, that was a good decision. Them wolves be shapeshifters. <laughs> Something was very obviously off. Her skin was green. Not only that, but the clothes she was wearing were odd. The men had never seen anything like them before, not made of the normal materials to which they were accustomed. I think in these kind of areas, they did a lot of manufacturing too. They're kind of like the first places they were probably making, like, I don't know, you know, spinning cotton and stuff like that. So sure, uh, they had never seen clothes like this before. But before they could open their mouths, the girl spoke. You, you 
But whenever she did, unfamiliar songs came out. It was like no language they had ever heard before. How? <laughs> what beautiful voice you have, my sweetheart. It was covered in a kind of green fur. Everything about this girl was getting stranger and stranger. And then the rustling went again. And another child came out of the field, this time a small, younger boy, also green and wearing the same unusual clothes. He seemed to be able to understand the girl, but again, not the men. The men, not knowing what to do, took them to the local landowner in Wilkes, Sir Richard Decan, to see what he thought. He agreed to take them in in the meantime. Uh, evidently deciding that they posed no immediate threat. But more than even shelter, what the green children needed at this point was food. They were starving. They were thin and tired looking. Decan sent for food to be brought to them. And they brought bread. But the children looked confused and wouldn't eat it. So they brought meats and cheese. But again, the children spoke in their alien language and appeared confused and incredulous and wouldn't eat anything. They, despite being obviously starved, they wouldn't eat anything put in front of them. That is until, in a desperate attempt to find something edible for the children, uh, someone in the household placed some broad beans on the table. And to their amazement, the green kids grabbed and ate them quickly. They were like, quick, fetch more broad beans. And they brought in a ton of beans to these kids and they devoured every last one. That's weird. This was very confusing, but um, somewhat a relief to the servants that these kids at least weren't going to starve to death. They found something that they could eat. But this sounds like it could almost be the problem. You know, if, if these kids are bright, essentially bright green and they won't eat any human food, right. but they'll eat a shit ton of green beans. I, I, I never said the beans were green. <laughs> right. I said I they put uh, two together. Uh, but, but I mean, like, at what point are you, are you telling these kids, look, you guys are f***ed <laughs> up. All right. Have some Mountain Dew and some Doritos, maybe a bag of Oreos and just chill out. And maybe you can, you're sick as all hell. We thought you were wolves when you first came here. Just eat a goddamn jammy dodger, have a cup of tea and chill out. Yeah. And maybe you'll become human. Quit this vegan shit. <laughs> get some regular snacks into you. Of course. But yeah, trying to get them into more normality rather than <laughs> because whatever they're accustomed to hasn't got them very far. Yeah. In life. Because also we said this is, you know, this is very early, uh, almost medieval England. These aren't the most welcoming times to people who are different. Yeah. Uh, you don't walk around in the wilderness with no family going, I have dietary requirements. <laughs> like, we weren't even going to feed you. <laughs> yeah. You got to really take what you can get. Yeah. Because these men want everyone to pretty much be the same. I'm pretty sure if they found a mermaid off the coast... They were like, you got to eat a cheeseburger and grow some legs real quick or swim out, swim back out where you came from. Or else, as far as we're concerned, you're a wolf and you're going in the pit. <laughs> you know, the classic rednecks of medieval England. <laughs> it's like, wow, that seems difficult, but um, I guess I can get into your ways uh, and live with your people. What's the name of your town? Wolf Pit. <laughs> really? Fare thee well. <laughs>
But yeah, you pretty much called it. Um, not only did they try to get these kids on the straight and narrow with the old diet, they also, um, because like you say, there's no freeloaders in this society. Yeah. Uh, they put these little bastards to work. Of course. Uh, they baptized them and then gave them jobs, even though they were like nine. <laughs> this is so rude. It is so sad that probably even today, if aliens crashed to Earth, humans would try and baptize them almost yes. immediately, like day one. It's like those videos, have you seen, of, like, evangelical Christians trying to, like, preach to lions and stuff? What? <laughs> I'd love it if afterwards the aliens are like, Now let us baptize you to our Lord and Savior, Snorklack. And there's, like, pour water, like, burns through the priest's Acid, head. Yeah. <laughs> so they gave them jobs. Apparently, they were fine at working, I guess, except... The, re- the TripAdvisor review of the little girl's work or her like work reference was that she was rather loose and wanton in her conduct. Okay. Which is, I guess she wasn't a very reliable worker. Maybe she was a bit, I don't think she took orders too well, but that probably is on account of her speaking in alien language. And being and nine. Being nine and green. And only eating beans yeah. for every meal. Yeah. So as far as I think, I think that's a pretty good work reference. I'm impressed. I'm impressed she's not blind. (laughs) (laughs) And as the months passed, the kids were fed endless quantities of beans. Of course. Stop feeding them beans! (laughs) Well, they won't eat anything else. I I do love that, like, these days, parents' problem is like, look, I know I should feed the kids vegetables, but they love nuggets. And I have (laughs) 30 minutes between getting home from work and having to put the kids to bed, so they're getting nuggets. And I like that even back in medieval uh, England, it was the same problem yeah. that like Sir Richard Decan is just like, look, I'm on royal business. Give them f-ing beans. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time to give them a healthy diet of leeches and cocaine. Give them the bloody beans. <laughs> Listen, I would love to sit here and give this little boy and girl as much booze as they can handle. <laughs> but all they're getting is beans and mud water. <laughs> so they had a ton of beans, but eventually, eventually they even developed... A little taste for bread. Just having a little bit. And they realized that it was also food. However, these good times were short-lived. And the boy started to fall ill. Oh. Whilst they tried to save him, we already know that their medical ability was not fantastic. Of course. The boy died. Ah, balls. Nothing worked. Uh, he died as if, as if there were some unknown cause. Something that maybe along with the boy's green skin... Maybe his biology was somehow different. Whatever the case, they were not equipped to help him, and he died quickly. At that point, all eyes are on the little girl and her inadvisable diet of beans only, because who knows, maybe she'll get hit by some disease. But the opposite happened. Not only did she not get sick, but over time she started losing her green color and started turning a pale white like everyone else in the village. Ah... She even started picking up some English and talking to the others that worked around her. Crucially, this meant that once she could speak a few words, she could start telling her story. Of course. Because up until now, it's a mystery. She claimed that her and her late brother, the boy, came from the land of St. Martin. The land of St. Martin, she said, is a land with no sun, just a never-ending twilight. The people who lived there were all green, just like her and her brother. They all lived underground, 
and only ate beans. Wow. Her story went that her and her brother were looking after their family's sheep when they came across a cave. Being nine or whatever, intrigue got the better of them and they decided to explore. They entered the pitch black of the cave, wandering in the dark. Eventually, they saw a way out, an exit to somewhere very different to their home, on account of they could see light, sunlight. Yeah, they must have been blinded. They stepped out, blinded into the sunlight. There it is. Which they had never seen before. And that was right when the reapers found them in the field. Why were they so hungry then? Because they'd been wandering in the caves with the sheep for hours. But only hours? Because it sounded like when he found them that they'd been wandering for like days Well, they've or been eating beans for nine years. You'd be pretty hungry too if you lived in a cave and only ate beans. I don't know why they have sheep because they could have eaten the sheep. Yeah, or you said they didn't wear like human clothes, but they have sheep presumably for wool. Maybe they don't wear wool. Maybe they wear beans. Listen, we don't know, we what, don't goes know on. what kind of green cave sheep these were maybe their word for sheep is it's something very different it could be it could be we, i don't know fair enough I, I can but i will concede that whatever their word for sheep means they could have eaten it yeah presumably now because this story is uh, from medieval times um there's kind of only a spark notes amount of information here so Once we've got this girl's backstory and the knowledge that she went into work under Sir Richard Deccan, all we know is that essentially she must have grown up there, but the legend says that she even went on to marry an ambassador of Henry II in Norfolk, taking the name Agnes Barr. Wow. Good for her. (laughs) I mean, talking about glowing up. Yeah, rags to riches right there. Going from uh, (laughs) green green to queen. (laughs) I love it. That actual piece of information is a little bit fuzzy. There are multiple sources that cite that. And the person that she's supposed to have married, Richard Barr, is a historical figure. He has a Wikipedia page and everything. Um, But there is scant information on that marriage. But it's definitely possible. This is the problem with uh, investigating medieval cases is that a lot of the history at the time was, was recorded and documented via tapestry. Yeah, um, sure. And it, you know, while you can't necessarily, um, you know, MIB style black out a tapestry, you know, that's one of the pros of it. It's, it's hard to get all the information and all the facts. Yeah. Not to mention the tapestries were being woven by monks who were off their tits on wine because <laughs> yeah. there was no clean water, it seems like. Yeah. Like by the time you're finishing up, the freaking tapestry for the Battle of Hastings. That thing's been over for years. You're like, do we win again? I don't remember. I'm a monk. I wasn't there. I was f***ed on wine. It happened two countries away. And we're getting paid via rice. So I don't even give a shit I have anymore. a loose understanding of what a country is. How many are there? Who knows? Let's just say the spiders won. <laughs> Who are we fighting against? Spider. It was spiders, right? Was it spiders or the French? I have no idea. With no other information than this, uh, the explanations on hand have led to some pretty fantastical paranormal theories. So first of which, I just have to clear the air. I just have to, I think everyone's out there thinking it in the paranormal nation. I think we're thinking it right here. Do you want to say it on three? One, two, two, three. three. Shrek babies. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. 
No, you. it's your case. You lead. Hear me out. They're green. Shrek babies. Uh, sorry. You're you, one. You well, said, you're one. You said he, you, you would hear me out. It's yeah. my show. So let me just we finish just, my thought and then you can. We should at least like just entertain the notion. I don't even really want to talk about what you're talking about, but I sure. will, out of courtesy, we'll talk about All it right. once I'm done. You're being a real farquad, but that's fine. We haven't even started talking about the, the S word, so I don't even want to start getting into references. All right, that's fine. Also, I I take umbrage with being called a, a far quad. Anyway, they were green. They spoke yeah. a different language. Yeah. They had different clothes. It's a Scottish clothes. accent, by the way. You don't know that. What? No one said it was a... Scottish people existed at this time, so it's probably not a Scottish accent. It could have been. All I'm you, hearing is green, you Scottish accent, your, and your a swamp. Fantasy. That's all I'm hearing. There was no swamp. Someone said swamp. No one said swamp. Really? Absolutely Definitely not. donkey, though, right? I said wolves. Right. There's a ton of wolves. wolves. Okay. The donkeys of the, the olden days. No, no. They had donkeys. They, of course, had donkeys. Listen, the clothes were different. Right. They only ate uh, foreign food. They didn't recognize normal human food. Okay. So you think grace? I'm saying it's possible. This is one of the theories. Were they uh, greens instead of greys? What, what was the cave then? What are they trying to uh, verbalize here? What was the process of them coming to Earth? That's a great question. A wormhole? Did they take a sheep through a wormhole? That's an interesting idea, though, because this girl is super young, and she learns English, this second language. We don't know how much of what she's describing is allegory and how much is literal fact. Is a little literal cave, or that's just the closest word for however she got here? Yeah. Because how did she live if it was Earth? How was it in a permanent twilight state, for example? Yeah, that's bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. Not much. Do you want to talk about your So they theory? must be ogres, then. Okay. They're 100% ogres from the Shrek universe that somehow caved their way into our in existence. the Shrek universe, despite it being, like... 800 years ago? Yeah, well, obviously the, the freaking movie's based on something, isn't it? Based on the original events that took place in Wolf Pit. No, it was a DreamWorks production. It's based a very on, modern based movie. on the events that took place now, okay, here. Even if it was. Right. There was no description of them being an ogre, other Look, than granted they're green. If I'm, if I'm not here to throw freaking spanners in the works, I don't know why I'm here. I think you're here to investigate the paranormal. Oh, that's yeah. No, you're right. That's what it was, wasn't it? <laughs> if I'm not here to stir the f- pot and get weird, what am I here to do? Okay, so we got two so far. We got their aliens. Yep. We got their uh, ogres. ogres. Yeah. Fair enough. We've talked pretty damn recently about underground humans, and we've talked about them on a number of different podcasts. Mm-hmm. Is it possible there's some kind of underground human maybe an ancient civilization you know what we have talked about it a lot we talked about agartha yeah the um secret world inside our own world that's right um but in all my investigations into that i've never come across creatures described like this with green skin living in eternal twilight you know we hear about a larger very much Nordic Scandinavian looking sons of bitches who are very tall, living 400 years. Um, the description that these kids gave, it doesn't sound like anything I've heard of before. I know what you mean. In Agartha, in Mount Shasta, underneath the ground, humans live in a futuristic society, futuristic yet ancient. 
yeah society. It's, it's weird like that <laughs> it's actually awesome whereas these kids seem to live in a medieval underground city right where uh things are actually worse than on the surface <laughs> you don't have they, a sun for a start no sun only beans but thankfully, we're not the only people to speculate about some more kind of paranormal explanations for what happened. Uh, so we can look to the past geniuses who've thought about this. For example, Robert Burton suggested in his 1621 book, The Anatomy of Melancholy, suggested that the green children simply fell from heaven. Holy shit. Uh, which led others in more recent years to sort of take that as a metaphor for saying maybe they were extraterrestrials. Right, right, right. Framing something that wild within uh, your understanding of the world. Exactly. Um, even more recently, in 1996, Duncan Lunan hypothesized that the children were accidentally transported to Woolpit from their home planet which may be trapped in a synchronous orbit around its sun, presenting the conditions for life only in a narrow twilight zone between a fiercely hot surface and a frozen dark side. He explains that the children's green color is a side effect of consuming uh, GMO alien plants. He wrote about this in a magazine called Science Fiction and Science Fact. Sounds like something we should be uh, published in, to be honest. I like that. That's a bit more, you know, of a scientific uh, explanation rather than they fell from heaven. Yeah. Well, he had a bit, he had like 400 years more science uh, behind him. A couple more. Uh, sure. Funny that it's still at the same premise, just with a cup with the word GMO thrown in, I think. <laughs> yeah, an alien planet. Yeah. But at least I can point to him and say, look, he said it, I didn't. It's possible these kids are aliens. It's true. And, you know, we can't be too harsh on the first guy as well, because any of us would have thought that if we if we were around 400 years ago. It seems like anyone could have written a book in the 1600s. As long as it was, as it was about religion, Christianity, <laughs> pr uh, preferentially, uh, people would have been really into it. I mean, if this guy had actually seen an alien, he probably would have been like people jesus himself is three foot tall <laughs> giant and eyes and he has a gun <laughs> and he didn't seem to like me very much despite me praising him for all these years yeah it's just them um understanding the paranormal through their own lenses but on the other side of this coin uh assuming that everything i just recounted actually happened the truth of whether this is paranormal or not lies in whether there is a plausible scientific explanation for the story. And scientists have posed possible theories. One is that the green skin exhibited by the children is actually a condition called hypochromic anemia, where a patient is so malnourished that their skin goes a light green. This condition was actually known back in the day as... Uh, chlorosis from the Greek chloris which means uh, green yellow or pale green this kind of reminds me of all those urban legends uh, of the kids that drank too much sunny D and turned yellow right and what we have here is you know two kids and all they eat every day is beans every meal beans we didn't say it but the green the beans are green they've got to be green 
There's no other reason why these little guys are green, except they're only eating green beans. I'm going to show you a, a picture of the bean. Okay. All right, well, I'm confused not. Did you not think it was green? Listen, I was f- <laughs> sure. Look, that's... All right, that's... This the, was your ace in the hole, wasn't it? You're going to be like, all right, that's I the think bean. you'll find the, the bean is brown. <laughs> the, the bean doesn't fit. <laughs> All right, you're showing me pictures of cashews. No, <laughs> those... these are the very bean. However, that wasn't a sentence. <laughs> however, I will concede that this is only one possible Google image result of. Uh, He's zooming out to reveal a ton of green beans. <laughs> quite a lot of green beans. In fact, almost starting, every other bean is I'm green. Start, I'm starting to think these are the dry ones. <laughs> Uh, seems like the fresh ones are pretty damn green. Yeah, about as green as it... We're talking like nuclear green here. So for anyone listening at home, I am a moron. They're broad beans, aka fava beans. So yeah, they're green as all hell. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest, and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. It's um, relatively difficult to get a photo of what this condition looks like, but these, I believe, are real and give just kind of a picture of a little bit of what it's like. Oh, what the condition is like. Yeah. Okay. So uh, how was this caused again? Was it malnutrition, essentially? Was that the gist of it? Exactly. Just kind of uh, extended period of very poor diet leads to this condition. Oof. I mean, yeah, so there's a a couple of different pictures here. I mean, in the most extreme cases, yeah, folks, we are looking at a a yellowy green hand. So either these people have consumed far too much Sunny Delight or they um, are malnourished 
and are suffering from some uh, illnesses from poor diet. But yeah, I mean, I think when 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 we say green children, we always I'm thinking like bright green. I'm yeah, thinking thinking Yoshi green, yeah, Shrek green, two little Yodas stomping about in the in the wheat fields, if but you will. This is more of a um, uh, quite a pale yellowish green. This is the gritty reboot color. Yeah, where <laughs> it's like a believable green. So if this condition really is what happened, then the question is, how did they get into that shape? Well, throughout history, there are documented examples of feral children. These are kids that have been abandoned or orphaned or just fell through the cracks of society throughout history, but managed to survive in the wild on their own. Now, there are a ton of crazy stories that are really worth checking out because it's very fascinating. But some of them do sound surprisingly similar to the story of the green children. For example, one was Wild Peter, a boy found in Hanover in 1724, who could not speak and behaved almost entirely like an animal. And crucially, whenever he was given food, he refused it because it didn't he didn't recognize it as the stuff he normally ate. He was wow. normally eating twigs and leaves and stuff. That's crazy. So whenever he was given bread, he was like pushing it away. I wonder how young he was abandoned at. Because it was obviously old enough that he could fend for himself to survive, but mm-hmm. not old enough that he didn't speak any English or understand humans. Yeah. It's uh, crazy. That's it the is- sweet spot right there. <laughs> You gotta hit that sweet spot. Too young, you gotta peace out before you learn all the adult bullshit. Who wants to know Pythagoras theorem? Exactly, but it also catch me in the forest (laughs) eating berries, boy. It really helps if you can walk when you leave. Yeah, that'll do you good in the wild. There's been multiple stories of uh, kids raised by like wolves, raised by bears, and I did see in a number of cases where they were able to tell roughly what age they were orphaned or abandoned. Right, because the feral child walks on four legs and then just occasionally stands up on two, ah, kind of like a bear. Yeah, yeah. Whereas other feral children know to walk on two legs, which means they were a little bit older when they got abandoned. You would be bummed out if you were one of these feral kids and you were like, all right, sweet, like, what's, what's my family going to be? You know, am I going to be raised by wolves? Maybe there's like a friendly bear, jungle book style, who will teach me the bear necessities and uh-huh. will just eat a bunch of uh-huh. coconuts and shit. And then there's just like, I don't know, a f-ing snake, a big pit of snakes. And they're like, hey, hey, you need a dad? <laughs> you're like, oh, I mean, I was kind of hoping a bear would come along. No, no, f- bears. Join us. We <laughs> eat bears. We- you're going to eat bear soon. <laughs> I don't want to eat a bear. You got everyone. You got to eat something is what is jungle law jungle i've eaten other snakes before i'm one sick son of a bitch you want to grow up like me kid sometimes i eat my kids (laughs) i might eat you but you just gotta you just gotta get on your belly and crawl because those snakes know how to what do snakes eat eggs they do right they eat everything yeah like birds animals that's well there you go that's actually a pretty good family because they'll just give you everything chicken eggs they eat pretty well i'll give them that yeah unlike say koala bears which are very cuddly a little bit human-like but only eat leaves which is not enough (laughs) yeah and also you know for a creature that doesn't have any arms or legs that's pretty good to to survive and evolve and keep up with everyone else i say fair play to the snakes (laughs) they've done well they've done well for themselves i always think it must have been so weird when um 
you know, when all the other creatures were evolving and it's like, you know, you got your monkeys and they're growing all these, like, they're basically evolving into humans and it's crazy. And mm. then, uh, and then the snakes are like, nah, I'm good. It's like, really? You don't want, you don't want anything? It's like, I'm good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy the way I am. You want hands or something? I don't have arms. Why do I need hands? You guys always breaking your limbs anyway, falling out of a tree, breaking your leg, you're left for dead. Listen, no no backbone, no problem. Do you want like to make it easier to eat? I could give you some teeth. Not nah, just two. I just want two teeth. What? How are you going to eat anything? I don't know. I'll, f- I'll just stretch. I just won't bite it. I'll just put the whole thing in at once. Well, like monkeys have gone pretty far. They have like their own teeth. They could pick up a banana. Like they're pretty, they're pretty well adapted. Nah, I'm just going to stick on the ground. Stay low down. Just hang out here. Do you want wings? You could fly, travel the world. Nah, I'm good. I'm going to wrap around this tree a couple times. I'm basically camouflage. Oh, you know what? One thing you could do, uh, every couple months, could you make my skin peel off what yeah i we can give you like we can give you like a nice coat of hair and a nice luscious locks no i'm good just make make my old skin peel off and come back the same (laughs) if it comes back the same what's the point just it gets dirty from wriggling around in the dirt do you want to be able to wash hands so you can wash no i could probably do that with my tail i don't think so and they're just having a good time rolling about no problem Anyway, I'm going to go raise this little boy. Do, do not raise the boy. <laughs> <laughs> two, two years later, the boys just crawl along the ground. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> kid, <laughs> they've discovered in the forest. Oh my God, kid, you need help? Nah, I'm good. I'm just going to f- crawl here. <laughs> He's trying to peel off his own skin. And the comparison doesn't end there. Uh, the little green girl didn't recognize the food a little bit like wild peter and with some feral children in rare cases those kids even go on to learn languages uh in some cases even to write books which is what we saw with the green girl from our story in woolpit that she eventually learned english and joined society yeah and the only loose end of this theory is physically where these kids originally came from where is this land of twilight In 1998, one Paul Harris suggested that the children were uh, Flemish orphans. Apparently, a bunch of Flemish immigrants arrived into Britain in the 12th century, but were persecuted by the then king, King Henry II. And they may have lived in a nearby Fornham St. Martin, which kind of sounds like the St. Martins that the little girl talked about. Yeah. He theorized that if their family had been killed by a man of the king they might have fled into nearby Thetford Forest and that would have seemed like a land of permanent twilight underground to these frightened children and they may also have entered one of the kind of underground mine passages in the area which led them to Woolpit confused out of the twilight zone that that makes some sense yeah Crucially, it would also explain their strange Flemish clothes and strange Flemish language that the local men didn't recognize. Right. However, it is also possible that the entire story was fiction, passed down through the centuries as folklore. Because in some ways, it does read like a fairy tale. And some of the themes are kind of convenient for the time. It's like this, people have said it it might even be this theory of like, the green children represent the indigenous Celts of Britain and that 
whenever they were come across by the invaders to Britain of the time, the indigenous Celts seemed like a strange foreign creature that couldn't survive in the real world. Sure. Maybe even the little boy was like a metaphor for that the old ways dying out. And the only way of surviving was to, like the little girl, assimilate into the new British culture. Right. Uh, one researcher even pointed out that the children only eating beans uh, might be part of the story because... Beans were historically called the food of the dead. Jesus. Apparently throughout history, people have called it that. The ancient Egyptians didn't really cultivate beans. They were mostly used in sacrifices. In Rome, the priests of Jupiter couldn't touch or apparently even mention beans due to their association with death and decay. Why do people hate beans so much? Uh, Baked beans on toast? According to Pliny the Elder, Pythagoreans believed that Fava beans, the same beans that these little kids ate, contained the souls of the dead. Oh boy. Some believers thought the fava beans connected the earth and Hades, providing ladders for human souls. The beans' association with death and reincarnation made eating these fava beans close to cannibalism. I guess if this was the case and this was the sort of popular opinion uh, towards beans (laughs) in this uh, general age... What we could be dealing with here is more of like a, almost like a, a fable, you yeah. know, that you would teach a, a child, similar to, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know a lot of fables. What, what are the, what are what are the fables? <laughs> the one with I the mean, wolf? Uh, yeah, is that like, one? I guess like the Grimm tales told by the brothers Grimm of like Little Red Riding Hood or something. Yeah, you know, this could be uh, something similar to that, but obviously, as the um, as the opinion towards beans has changed. As the ages have progressed, this is a, is a healthy option. In fact, this fable has been left behind. You know, we still have to teach our kids to be afraid of wolves. Um, yep. And, you know, that's why a lot of those ones have, have stuck around. But beans, we left we left the, the prejudice towards beans behind. Back in the day, the ancient Egyptians considered a bean burrito uh, <laughs> a, a, a sign of the afterlife, whereas today it's a delicious lunchtime treat. It was actually a popular opinion in ancient Egypt that the souls of the dead from Hades would ascend these burritos to the surface world. Uh, in all seriousness, apparently, um, yeah, apparently there's a disease called uh, favism or favism, right? Which are named after fava beans. So literally, this is why people were so scared of it. Because back in the day, if you had favism, just by being near these beans, you would die. Jeez. That's just being allergic to the beans, though. That's not a disease. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's a deadly disease. Honestly. That's like saying someone has peanutism. And it's a deadly disease where if you go near peanuts, you die. Peanuts are very connected to heaven, actually. (laughs) Listen. I'm talking a lot about beans. And, <laughs> beans and nuts. And not enough about uh, the green children of Woolpit. Uh, I've thrown a number of theories at you, uh, but you've got kind of the general historical story. What are you saying as to whether there's a paranormal cause for this and we're giving it a yes today? Or you think it's more mundane, maybe more folklore, and it's a no? Well, one thing that you have strangely done in this episode, which we don't usually do, is giving given me... Uh, more plausible explanations for it not being paranormal than it genuinely being paranormal. Yeah, um, I'm kind of up in that regard. <laughs> no, it's you know this is what this podcast is about is is examining the paranormal and being honest as to whether or not we think it is truly paranormal or not. 
And in this case, I think there's so many logical explanations as to why these kids uh, would be, I mean, suffering from a condition that turns their skin green. Yeah. That's the easy one. All right. We've got malnutrition. We've got a poor diet. Yeah. We've got uh, possibly the explanation of them uh, not being exposed to a lot of sunlight. Yeah. These things will, at most, kill you. Sure. At least turn you green. Sure. And that's what these kids are. Trying to trying to explain um, the twilight world, living inside the earth, um, you know, this other society that the kids came from, that's a lot more difficult. Um, even though we did have some great uh, attempts to explain it from uh, revered scientists and paranormal investigators... That is, that's the, that's the tough, that's the pickle. It is. That's the nut. And that's the one that I think that we're going to have to dig our heels into the sand and make a, make a choice today. Yeah. You're the chief investigator on this case, Kit. What, what, what are you thinking? It's a pretty interesting case from the perspective of, there's actually not that much to the story. It's a pretty short, sweet story. Um, and like I said, it reads like one of these kind of like, picture book fairy tale type deals but yet it's kind of pervaded all through history people have written about it as i say in the 1600s uh in very recent years people still know about it i think if you go to woolpit today they have like a kind of town sign up where it's like i guess welcome to woolpit it's got like a little picture of like a couple wolves and then a couple children and it's to symbolize this story are they Uh, green I think it's a black and white image. Oh, okay. But they would be were it in color. <clears throat> so it's definitely in the hearts and minds of people. And there are real historical accounts. There's a number of historical accounts. Supposedly as early as I think the 1200s, someone was supposedly writing about this pretty much after the fact. Right. In pretty recent years. So from that perspective, it seems weird that someone would just make this up out of nothing. And I'm tempted to say that there's probably some historical precedent in there, especially when we get into this story of um, Agnes, as she's known, marrying one of the ambassadors to the king. Right, right. It seems, it seems to be somehow grounded in reality to a degree. But the problem is, like you say, the twilight zone, the, the paranormal explanation. And I think for me today, I prefer... I better understand the explanation that involves maybe these kids being orphaned Flemish children or um, right. or feral kids that were left alone to die in the woods because we know that stuff happens. It does, yeah. What are you saying? I think this week it's going to be a no from me, folks. That makes it a double no. But hey... Super interesting case. We got to learn all about beans. Got to, <laughs> got to learn all about malnutrition. A pretty joyous episode all around. Don't say the the show isn't educational, all right? Because, I mean, we haven't had this much scientific evidence since the hodag, <laughs> where we borderline waterboard you with fact and logic. Um, so I'm glad we could do that two weeks in a row. Uh, thank you to Beth, Marcus, Stephanie White, El Hanrahan, Andrew Steen, Richard Morris, Liam L, and more. Apologies if I uh, forgot your recommendation. We got there in the end, guys. We hope always you, do. Hope you enjoyed that investigation. If you have your own thoughts on this one or uh, your own hot tip for us to investigate, send it to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. And I hope the listeners at home enjoyed this investigation. Hey, if you did, why don't 
why, why, why don't you consider leaving us a little iTunes review? That's right. That's how, right. How about that? Um, Odds are you're on your phone right now listening to it. You know? So what's it going to take? You know, a couple extra, a couple minutes? A couple minutes out of your day? That's no big deal. Do you know how long it takes to make this show? Huh? You son of a you're bitch. very animated. It hey, takes... Why would you criticize we gotta, them? Sorry. Sorry. I got a little hot there. I don't think you are sorry, but it's little, fine. I got a little hot. Hey, how about you say five stars and just write passionate? Because that's right. Yeah. I mean, they're a probably lot of heart. less inclined to know that you've badmouthed <clears throat> them. But uh, but hey, it's, it, it's good. it does uh, help us out enormously um, and helps the podcast reach um, new audiences. And then those audiences send us um, crazy stories like this one, and then we get to entertain you. So our uh, our dream goal is essentially for there to be a meeting of all the presidents of all the countries in the world, all looking up at a computer monitor, right? Um, where it's a map of the world. Yeah. And we need a military man to go. Within twenty four hours, the podcast has spread throughout London to greater UK areas. Within forty eight hours, London has fallen. Within seven days, the UK and Europe has been infected. We, we essentially want that scene yeah. uh, with the podcast and just showing how much it's growing and spreading. And I want to see Shinzo Abe, <laughs> uh, current Prime Minister of Japan, lean into the mic and in Japanese say, we offer to nuke it. Right, we exactly. offer to nuke the podcast. Yeah, that's how we want to go, basically. But we can't get to that point uh, without your help, without uh, reviews on iTunes and um, spreading the good word. And like we say at the end of every episode, if you cannot get enough of this paranormal life, uh, do remember that there is a back catalog of bonus episodes that we do not release on the main feed that you're listening to right now. No, there is a secret, a secretive separate feed that is only accessible to patrons on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life, where from five bucks a month, you get access to that back catalog. I think we're up to 20, uh, 24 episodes or something like that. So hours of this Paranormal Life Investigations to check out over there. And at the end of every episode, we like to take the time to shout out those who have supported us on Patreon. So a special thank you to Oscar Williams. Oscar Williams, might as well call him Otter Williams, because he was a feral child raised by otters. Really? Yeah. I mean, he got pretty lucky. He just kind of floats on his back. It's um, pretty chill existence. He's got wrinkly bath skin, though. Yeah, which, you know, that's fine. That's just something he's got to live with these days. He somehow made money as an otter, and he's supporting us on Patreon. That seems unusual. I wonder, maybe there's gold in those rivers? Who knows? If there is, please let us know which river specifically. But until then, thank you for your support. Thanks also to Michael Gratton. Michael fell in a pit and landed on a spikel. That's right, he wanted to check this down out for himself, but uh-oh, forgot there's about 200 feet of wolf traps surrounding forgot the Forgot to mention they never took those puppies down. They're actually pretty hard to decommish the bish. So Michael's been impaled and is getting staled uh, down in the old wolf pit. So he's getting stale? He's getting, he's getting pretty old. He's just been down there eating beans for years. Uh, he is very green, so... Thank you for listening to the show to pass the time, Michael. Thanks also to Tammy Heels. You know what they say? That whenever uh, life goes wrong, whenever bad things happen. Yeah. Tammy Heels all. Oh, okay. Wounds. Like, Sorry, let me say that again. Tammy Heels all wounds. 
So t not time heals all wounds. Time, time, time me. How does she? She can heal all wounds. Like a gunshot to the face. It's she pretty brutal, actually. She uh, <laughs> she uses some pretty medieval <laughs> medical devices. A lot of burning, a lot of stapling, a lot of sawing. But right. uh, she heals all wounds. I'm, I'm gonna need to see Tammy's medical license oh, before I sit down on the table. <laughs> you think she's got a medical license? You don't need a medical license when <laughs> when you got two arms and two saws. And everything's looking like a green kid that's eating family. You absolutely need a medical license if you're going to be operating on it, especially a child. Green or otherwise. They came. She saw. Alright, uh, it sounds like Tammy has killed before. Um, I'm not going to ask any questions. Thank you for your support. Thanks. Thanks also to Christopher Giroux. Christopher Giroux row, rode his boat gently down the green. That's right. He's one of the very few people to cross the infamous Guac River, connecting hell to the land of the living. That's an unbelievable feat. It's incredible. Using a giant sailboat in the shape of a nacho, he managed to traverse the rocky, guacky waters. <laughs> I mean, it was totally unnecessary of him to uh, create a boat shaped like a nacho. Yeah. It's just pure poetry. Of course. So he thought he would do it. He should have used a regular bow. Of course. It would have taken him half Nachos the time. Nachos aren't f waterproof or black proof. The, the, the thing disintegrated minutes off the coast. Um, but he did it and he's still alive and fair play to him. He rode a hard shell taco <laughs> all the way to purgatory and back. This wacko rode a taco <laughs> on the Guaco River. <laughs> Thanks also to Christoph Orr. And on that journey, who do you think supplied the oars? Christoph? Of course. And the oars were made of nachos, presumably. Queso. <laughs> Why? How? That's a. They were made a of a hot war. cheese sauce. Delicious he... but wildly impractical. Christoph, you should have brought the regular oars. There was no need for the uh, for the theatrics here. You guys just needed to cross. <laughs> you guys just needed to cross the Guac Ocean. You didn't need to do it in in style. Thanks also to Olin Thompson. Well, if it isn't Molin Olin Thompson, <laughs> you can guess where this is going. Raised by moles. Moles. Voles. Is that what you said? <laughs> Didn't you call him Molin? He wanted to be raised by moles more than anything. He dreamed of it his entire life. Left home at the ripe age of three. Right. Uh, went to the nearest forest, but could only find uh, one vole, who uh. became a kind of Yoda figure to him. The vole rode around on his back as he crawled around the forest, taught him all the ways of the woods. But um, I mean, vole is pretty is probably better than moles so he probably dodged a bullet there right doesn't have to live underground so that's good yeah getting getting some sunlight staying a healthy healthy human color which is yeah. awesome yeah so olin looks like things are looking up well done thanks also to mitchell mitchell was thrown in a ditchel as a baby no but he he thought this was an opportunity to get raised by some of the most fiercest creatures in the jungle. No. Wolves, lions, saber-toothed tigers. All at once? Weren't they, aren't they extinct? Well, he didn't know that at the time, and he was actually thrown into a ditch full of snakes. Oh. Yeah, so, I mean, Mitchell looks over and he just sees the uh, family of snakes crawling on their bellies, you know, like, 
Hey, kid, you want to join a family of snakes? No, really. I heard you're looking for a new papa. I guess, unfortunately. I'm going to raise you up to be one of my own, kid. First off, you're going to get rid of those f***ing legs. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't need that shit in the snake world. Uh, come here, kid. I'll bite them off. <laughs> Question. How much can you dislocate your jaw? You're going to need that for the not, eagle legs. Not a lot, really. And look at him now. He's a snake. He's just an anaconda. He really is. <laughs> He's a snake with money, which is our favorite kind of snake. And thank you for supporting <laughs> the us. The devil, I think. <laughs> Thanks also to Alex Stevens. Alex Stevens has got me believings that Earth is worth leavings. That's right. He's one of those people who's trying to sell you those off-world packages. Being like, hey, this place is going to shit. If you want to come to Mars, I got a ship. I can get you some land there. You know, he's selling, trying to sell, like, the whole thing. Yeah, he's got the cowboy hat. He's pretending <laughs> to be a Mars rancher. Yeah, he's like, hey, hey you, you give a couple bucks on over to Alex Stevens, and I'll guarantee you some moon rocks. You're like, well, first off, you said Mars when we first... Yeah, it's all the same out there in the beautiful universe. I think they're pretty far apart, aren't they? You know, when you're traveling that fast, baby, nothing's far away. What are we traveling on, by the way? I didn't talk about the details of how we're getting there. Well, when the money comes in, I'll purchase some sort of a flying machine. (laughs) I don't think you know anything about flying machines. Well, how dare you, sir? He flies his remote-controlled drone into your head. (laughs) Oh! Now hop aboard. (laughs) He he just grabs onto his one arm, flies away. Mary Poppins style. Thanks also to Abventurer. There's only one kind of adventure I know with abs like that. Okay. They're a snake. (laughs) (laughs) Old torso every day is goddamn uh, chest day. There's no arms day, no leg day, no knee. Nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's God. Do you guys, like, at least, I mean, you're wriggling about on your belly. Do you want a six-pack or something? Nah, I'm good. Just give me, like, a freaking crocodile top. That's all I want. Well, we've already given you a beautiful design on, on like, your back. It's, like, all multicolored and pretty. You want that in the underneath? Nah, I'm good. Just whatever. Just make it, like, dirt. Well, Adventure, it sounds like you fell in with a good crowd. Sorry about your uh, limbs. But uh, hey, uh, keep on trucking out there in the wilderness. Thanks also to Andy Martin. Andy Martin, not to be confused with his older brother, Randy Martian, uh, who is also selling competing plots of land on Mars. Surely not. It turns out it's a pretty lucrative business. Um, I didn't want to bring this up, but I have invested... A large portion of the the money collected from the paranormal commune uh, to basically establish a second commune on the red sun. Oh, that's right. On this, the fireball in the sky on that sun. No, that's what I call Mars. Oh, that's really this. That's confusing. Yeah, I'll, I'll change the name to to um, Moon Two. That should simplify things a little bit. Yeah, not at all. Also, I notice a lot of, like, foreclosure signs hanging out around the commune. Sure, sure. Whenever you say you took a large amount of the proceeds 
Do you mean you actually bled the original commune dry financially for gutted this? It. I gutted it. Okay. I gutted a lot of it. I mean, it's still going and it's still going strong, but I just want everyone to no, know. it doesn't seem like it. I want everyone to know when this world goes tits up, we got a second home. But that might be 50, ready to rock. 50, 100 years away. I really hope not because a lot of the businesses have been closed down. Uh, a lot of the resources have already been blasted into space. Uh, I figure they'll end up on Mars at some point. We're selling a lot of food that's going out of date next week. <laughs> Straight to, to space. Mars, Because yeah. it'll freeze up there. It's cold, I think. Something like that. So I just wanted to let you guys know it's fine. It's, it's all under control. We got this. Thanks also to Amelia M. Emerson. Anything with more M's in it than Amelia Emerson's name? Amelia's bank account. Oh! She's loaded? Oh, yeah. From... <laughs> From selling, get this, plots of land no. in the vacuum of space. What? You don't, it, it's, it's, it's vaporware. You don't even get land. She's, she's marketing it as like 360 degrees of real estate. Oh my yeah, God. because there's, there's, there's no up, there's no down. Jesus Christ. We need a second ship to transport the goods that have already arrived on Mars for the commune to our new plot of land, space. Or we'll all just float around and investigate the paranormal. And there's a lot of paranormal out there in the universe, guys. It's a perfect place. Thanks also to Dean Thacker. Dean Thacker the Bean Whacker. Back in the olden days, I mean, he was pretty much a superhero. He would just go town to town whacking beans, uh, which obviously they all thought was was death, death pills, essentially. Yeah. So he's just smashing them down to a pulp. Um, and then conveniently, at the end of the day, he would sell everyone a delicious high-protein liquid, um, which they all loved. Um, yeah, he was great at me. It- these people were scared half witless of beans but somehow fine with uh, hummus and uh, (laughs) baba ganoush and bean juice his secret recipe Uh, hope you all enjoyed that uh, presentation anyway if you want to get as strong as me I'm selling (laughs) bean juice Uh, sorry I mean just uh, Dean's juice over here (laughs) at the store I mean by this this premise alone Bean juice was the original Lombardi. It was the original liquid of the dead. Thanks, lastly, but not leastly, to Monster Matt. Monster Matt, so-called because he wanted to get adopted by, uh, like you said, the kings of the jungle. Uh, Be the most vicious predator. He wanted to get adopted by a monster cat. A lion. A saber-toothed tiger. Of course. Uh, Little did he know, they're extinct. Uh, We've established that. He got a bug. <laughs> His dad is a bug. Oh no! <laughs> His mum, a ladybug. Oh, of course, that makes sense. Wow, I don't know what kind of life that is. Um, but again, somehow he survived. Somehow he's lived a bug's life. Which um, what one was that one? Was that the one with the circus bugs? And they have it, to fight the grasshoppers. I think it was the good one. Yeah, because there was ants as well, where yeah. they almost looked like too much like ants it was really kind of scary if you look back at the artwork for ants but he so he did the bugs life which is the good one right he ma- he's made it through he's, ha- he's got some circus friends yeah we don't want to talk about his brother ants anthony who's <laughs> <laughs> doing very poorly um so thank you for your support and you you're making some money to give back to us which we really appreciate thanks to everyone we've shouted out today uh and everyone we are 
I'm going to shout out next week. Um, thanks for hanging in there, folks. We're getting to the shout out slowly but surely. Um, hope you enjoyed today's investigation. We will see you next Tuesday for a brand new paranormal tale. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.